Journey to Bravery podcast. My name is Alicia Gregg and I am your host. As moms, we are handing down a family legacy to our children and today's topic is quite important but also can be a little bit heavy depending on your past. So feel free to take a break but be sure to revisit it and I hope that you listen all the way to the end because I know that it is going to be so beneficial to your life because it has been for mine in my walk of motherhood. So welcome to the journey mama. Today we're starting a new four-part series on generational sin. And a more common title you might recognize would be Generational Curse. I'm sure that is something that you have heard before, but I didn't title it that because it's really not biblically accurate to name it so. Today's topic title is The Origins, and we are going to look at not just where these generational sins come from, but the why, how, and what. So let's jump right in because I do want to explain why it's not a curse. So let's go right to the beginning, the book of Genesis. There was no corruption, no sin, no evil, addictions, no brokenness. There was no death or pain. Everything was good as God called it when he created it. But there was a fall when disobedience came into the world. Adam ate the forbidden fruit along with his wife Eve, right? So now there's sin in the world. It was no longer perfect and good because he went against the commands that God had given him. Adam was given instructions to uphold, and when he was faced with the decision to either walk in complete obedience to God or give in to the desires of the flesh and walk in his own will, well, we know what happened. He decided to walk in his own will and sin entered the picture and began to just ripple through the generations. Of course, there is a discipline and a consequence for this disobedience, but because God loves his children so dearly, he did not in fact curse them, but instead, we brought this cycle of sin upon ourselves, but let's look at some scripture and we are going to be hopping around a bit in this, uh, in this series. So in Genesis 3, 14, this is um, after the fruit is eaten. Then he said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. And then it continues on, right? But he says to Eve in verse 16, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. So God cursed the serpent, but he did not curse Eve. And to the man, he said this, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. The ground is cursed because of you. All of your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust and to dust you will return. Again, God cursed the ground, but not Adam. We can see from this punishment that sin is so serious to God, but still 
while we are to die and return to dust, because of his great love, he does not curse us, but instead he sends his son Jesus as a sacrifice so we can pass from this death to life. While our body does turn back to dust, we go on to actually live forever in his kingdom. It's truly amazing God's grace and his plan for redemption for us. So let's talk generational sin. Just like our children inherit our eye color, freckles, hair, height, and other physical characteristics, behavior and attitude run through the family as well. I'm sure you can look at your children and yourself and then look at your parents and yourself and see how true that is. But in this very same way, certain types of sin can be passed down through the generations. In my own family, and I'm not referring to the little family that I have in my home right now, my children, but more specifically my family line has greatly suffered from generational sins. I'm talking grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. There are generational sins of addictions to drugs, alcohol, pornography. There is abandonment and divorce, but most damaging has been the emotional, physical, and extensive amount of sexual abuse that has trickled through my family. Some of these sins that I've mentioned are inherited mindsets passed down through genes. Some are habits that are picked up and learned, but a lot of these generational sins are passed on through pain. And that's where we see this never ending destructive cycle of sin that seems to be so hard to be free of. And why is this? Why is it so hard to break this cycle? Well, because sin has a negative effect on us and those around us. When sin comes into the picture, it hurts us or the others that are around us. And with hurt comes even more sin because of lashing out and bad choices are now in play. And we know that hurting people hurt people. This is the cycle. And when those hurting people don't turn to Jesus, they will instead cling to, to other things, unhealthy and destructive things, to help them through their pain like addictions and abuse. And so the cycle just continues from generation to generation, passing down these sins through our pain and brokenness, creating this pattern of unrighteous living and behaviors. And they are handed down and learned and emulated by our children. In my own childhood, I was the victim of sexual abuse starting from the age of five. It was a generational sin my family was and actually still is suffering from. In those very first moments of abuse, something very special was taken from me. My innocence for one, but also my identity. I remember as an adult, God had led me to the path of healing and I was sitting in my counselor's office and describing some of the thoughts, behaviors, perspectives, and, and mindsets that I had. And when I discovered that those were in fact not normal, the way I was thinking and living, being defensive, overly independent, insecure, timid, my view on intimacy is, was, well, 
it made me cringe and I always felt terrible. It was an obligation that made me feel so uncomfortable and so much more. I realized that I had never truly been myself or what that even looked like. I was crushed. I felt so robbed of my life and, and myself and just the person God had created me to be because that was taken from me. In my abuse, I was deeply hurt and living wounded, only I never knew it until I was well into my 30s. Living in my pain, I was actually projecting those things onto my children, those behaviors and mindsets that I had because of the abuse that I experienced at a young age had shaped me. And it took first Jesus entering the picture and being my savior and then me being willing to heal from it. And only then did I start to discover who I truly was made to be. And now I am able to hand down a new legacy to my children. I want to wrap this message up with a scripture found in Deuteronomy 24, 16. And this is going to lead us into part two of this series. It says, parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes. So it's saying that each one of us is held accountable for our own sins. And while I may inherit some of those generational sins through my family line, it is my own free will to act on them or not, to be healed and, and receive Jesus or not. And Matthew 15, 11 says, It is not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. And just like Eve asking Adam to eat the fruit with her, he had a choice to make, to resist or to give in. And I have the ability in Christ to not only resist temptation, but to put sin to death in my life because of what Jesus accomplished, to be redeemed from my past, to, to live a new life given to me through the finished work of Christ Jesus. But we'll go into that more next week, Mama. So be sure to join because this series is just getting started. And Mama, before you leave, let me give you a Brave Mom challenge if you're up to it. And then I want to pray for you. Your challenge is going to be to identify the generational sins in your family line. And I know that these things can be painful to dig up and look at. Trust me, I've had my share of them and I know firsthand that it is easier to just shove them way down deep because we don't want to deal with them. But mamas, we must be brave and willing to face them, to identify them in order to overcome them, to break free. So be brave, mama, and spend some time with father as he helps reveal to you the generational sins in your family line. And then I want you to make sure you tune in next week as we continue dealing with and breaking free from them. So the children we are bringing up in our homes are empowered to live and the new nature given to them by Jesus Christ. So let me pray for you. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you alone are fair and just and that you are also a gracious God, rich in mercy. Father, this week, would you draw us to yourselves? Would you bring us in close under the safety of your wings so we can walk this fragile journey out alongside you? We acknowledge that we have some generational sins to face and we cannot do it on our own, nor do we want to. Would you, Father, just comfort us in the heartbreaking times and give us strength and courage to do the hard things that are ahead of us. We trust you, Father, and we lean into your guidance. Father, please reveal what needs to be addressed within us. And we thank you that you are faithful to walk through it with us. You are a good, good Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So thanks for listening today, Mama. And if this message has hit home with you, I want you to ask God who you could share this message with. Someone he knows needs this word of hope and encouragement in their life. And then I want you to be brave and pass it along. I'm looking forward to next Monday for part two of this series. But until then, be brave, Mama.